On today's episode, we talk with a media buyer for big spending high fashion and Fortune 500 brands. His platform now manages well over $30 million a month in Facebook ad spend. Do stay tuned. Well, well, welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kanae, answers them. Also here from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, as you beat Amazon, natural search and fast search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Attention online retailers in Europe, a new payment standard known as SCA or Strong Customer Authentication will come into force in September 2019. Mastercard research shows that up to 75% of e-commerce merchants in Europe are potentially unaware of this coming into effect. SCA is a new regulatory requirement that is designed to help retailers and issuers make digital payments more secure. The challenge is to create or keep a frictionless checkout experience for online shoppers. SCA would allow for biometric technology and dynamic passwords to create a more secure and improved online shopping experience. Mastercard's identity check is fully compliant with SCA requirements and facilitates shopping experiences we can all trust, allowing us to securely pay online using features such as our fingerprints. To find out more on Identity Check, visit the MasterCard website. So, guys, welcome, welcome to the 2X Commerce Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to grow metrics um, such as, you know, conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, you're in the right place. I um, handpick experts from time to time to come and share their expertise um, and key subject matter areas that I know will um, just give you the maximum bang for your buck when it comes to optimization and growing your e-commerce stores. On today's show, I have with me 
um, quite a Facebook, I'll, can, I'll call him a Facebook sensitive, a Facebook master, um, in the sense that he comes from the enterprise space. And, um, you know, his company right now, um, through his platform, is man- through his, his company's platform, is managing over $45 million worth of sales. So at, at that scale, spend. of spend, sorry, at that, at that scale, they're able to get a lot of what is working and what's not working. And, you know, Yahab Hartman, who's the CEO and founder of Magix.com, is going to share a lot of tips around Facebook, you know, advertising that, you know, you know, us mortals um, that, you know, spend in small and medium sized businesses are not able to sort of see, you know, um, once you're spending that much, I'm, I'm quite sure you, you, you get massive amounts of insights. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Yahav to the show. Welcome, Yahav. Hello, everyone. It's Yahav Hartman here. Thank you, Kunle, for the podcast uh, hosting. It's a great pleasure to be here. A pleasure. Welcome, welcome here. Where, where are you tuning in from? I'm calling in from Vienna, Austria, and yes. Magic's office in, in Vienna. We also have the offices in, uh, in Israel um, yeah. and in Kiev. Wow, wow, wow. You're a global company. Um, so I probably haven't done you sufficient justice. Could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself and, and the Magic's platform? Sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Yav Hartman. I'm from Vienna, Austria. Um, I started uh, with Facebook advertising uh, seven to seven years ago. Um, uh, basically started in a MarTech company, was, uh, joined an email marketing company back then. I was starting all the advertising products, integration with Google and Facebook. So all, already back then I was working a lot with the Facebook API, designing and developing advertising technologies, as well as working with the Facebook ads, product growth and product teams um, on, on those things. Uh, I ended my, uh, I, f- I finished in the company and then I opened my own ad agency called uh, Rolls Royce Media. Um, we specialize in high-end um, clients, uh, mainly big spenders. Uh, the agency is very boutique, so it's big spenders and, and, and e-com. Mainly, we've been doing the biggest uh, antivirus in the world for Mac. Um, um, high-end fashion brands, uh, big, big back brand names, um, enterprise companies, as well as uh, also launching a cosmetics brand from zero to 150K in sales uh, in, in um, four months. Uh, from from scratch from a, a brand Shopify from the beginning of this year, so we kind of we do everything. We do the and also the biggest dating app in Europe after Tinder. We, we're doing uh, all the industries basically, but mainly e-com and uh, also some legion. Uh, only big spenders, very boutique, very niche. Uh, but uh, so we're scaling this uh, the agency very fast. We're uh, having a lot of success with it, but it was hard. At the end, it was hard to scale as fast as the demand. Uh, that's why um, at some point. Um, I decided to add, uh, basically, Dan Becker jo- joined me together and we, we started Magix.com, which is an advertising technology platform and develops uh, advertising technologies on top of the Facebook platform and basically took all of our brain, all of our knowledge, all of the things we've been doing manually in the agency, plugged it into a software to provide a 360 solution for Facebook ads. Um, and that's basically where, where Magix.com is today. Um, as Kunle mentioned, we're doing 45 million uh, a month in Facebook ad spend, and we only launched at uh, January, uh, February. So we're, we're still kind of, uh, we call it that we're just starting out. It's massive. That's massive. So did you transition some of your clients at Rolls Royce Media, which is your media buying agency, over to the platform, to the Magix platform, or um, how did it work? 
Yeah, so um, initially, Madrix was just a tool that did a few things. Um, every month it evolved. Uh, we've been releasing on demand. Um, basically, at the beginning, it was, uh, we still, at Rolls Ross, we, basically, we, uh, from the point we started to use Madrix, we were able in a very short time frame to double the agency clients without doubling our, our HR. Because usually we'd always like hire more people, the more clients we had. We're dealing with very big clients. So usually most of the times we had at least one person uh, per client because it's a big budget and uh, there was a lot of uh, responsibilities there. Um, so yeah, it, it helps us to, to, make our, uh, to make the agency more efficient and more profitable, which is important for agencies and basically helps us uh, scale. And also for me personally, it helps to navigate the way with the agency and not like fall into the day-to-day -day jobs and optimization and, and actually focus on, on growing the business. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about um, like the inner workings of Magix. I, I'm quite fascinated because um, according to your website, it's like AI-driven, so meaning that, um, you know, tasks by a usual media buyer, it should be able to you know, accomplish a few tasks, you know, um, carried out by a media buyer. Before we do that... Um, Let's talk about like, you know, with Rolls-Royce, when you started Rolls-Royce, you know, media, um, when you talk about big budget, you know, um, you know, I could see some of your high-end, you know, fashion brands here. There's Fendi, there's Armani, there's Dolce. You know, what kind of spend do, do high-end fashion brands or, you know, enterprise, you know, um, you know, brands, you know, sort of churn through every month? You know, what's your ad spend on Facebook typically, the average ad spend? Yeah, so when I refer to big spenders, it would usually, I, I refer to any uh, sum that is between, uh, we start with usually we only take clients that spend a minimum of 100K. Um, so when I say big spenders, I mean anything from 150, 200 to, I don't know, 1.2 million, 1.5 million. Even though you imagine that, that those like big, bigger brands would spend a lot, usually they have regions, they have like, um, they, they have a lot of sections and business units and different regions and countries. So it's never that you just run the whole world from one ad account. Exactly. Um, so th those are kind of the, the levels of spend uh, that in managing on a client. Uh, okay. Now let's, let's talk about Facebook. Um, you know, so say I'm spending a thousand a day on Facebook or a thousand five hundred a day. That'll come to about 30 grand, 40 grand or 45 grand a month. Um, you know, at my level at 45,000 a month or 50 grand, let's put, let's just, you know, pencil that around or, you know, at, at 50 K a month, how does the setup of my campaign differ from someone who's spending 250, a brand that's spending 250 K a month? Mm -hmm. what, 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 what do you do? What would you do differently yeah. at, um, you know, as a media buyer um, when, you know, um, you're, you're having to, to spend 10 grand, you know, a day? Yeah. Um, first of all, it's important to mention that even though there are big spenders, it doesn't always mean that we would get the account in a very healthy way. So I actually found that the bigger the brand is, the worse, the worse they are in most of the cases in structuring their account and understanding things. So just right off the bat, there's no correlation between the size of the client uh, to, the, to the structure they're deploying. And there should be one, and I'll touch it in a second, but, um, but basically I, I, that's one of the things that I was shocked from. And I was expecting to see accounts that are very well structured, very well uh, strategized, and very granular and uh, going into deep details, and it was not the case. Um, 
at the end of the day, the, the bigger the budget, the more you can test and the more you could, um, the more you could like basically look at the, that's your business. When we take those brands, we usually like to uh, look at the whole store as a, as in a granular way. So we would look at, um, imagine your website, right? You have the top, you have like categories, maybe baby, uh, kids, men, women. And then, in, and then inside the men, you have, I don't know, could be jacket, yeah, yeah, jacket. Or, or different brands or different categories. So we would look at each one of those categories of the website as an own shop. And we'll just try to like find people that like this category and bring people to that. So we would look at it just like we have 10 different shops inside one shop. And that's how we would think about things. And that's how we think about content production and structuring campaigns and audiences and everything. So, so what, what's your level points there? Is it audiences? Um, I, I guess it'd be a single pixel, but you, uh, would you be matching audiences to like categories? Yeah. So, um, so basically what you could like, you, you'd be able, you'd be able basically to utilize it's one, it's, it's of course one pixel, one store, but we would be able to, um, use specific section data. So for example, for lookalike creation, if it's an acquisition campaign or for retargeting from the specific section, if we're talking about retargeting, okay. if it's retention campaigns, you have, you know, like those type of shops have a bunch of customers. You can afford having not just one retention campaign or assets. And by the way, 95% of the people don't even do retention on Facebook ads. I just realized, but even in this 5% that do uh, retention ads, if you're big enough, you can also go there very granular. And then if people bought the jacket, um, in the next 30 days, you can uh, upsell them a different product and you have a post-purchase and uh, post-purchase and reactivation campaign. So after, uh, just like all of the use cases of email marketing, like someone didn't buy from you for like 90 days. Um, so we would like target those people with, with uh, an ad, perhaps with a coupon code. So you can go that granular in segmenting. If you have also a strong CRM database, you could go and unlock uh, the, the data and the possibilities be beyond 180 days. And yes. so that's also a big thing. Well, that's, that's a massive limitation with on-site, you know, um, pixel data, um, yeah. the 180-day restriction. So, so I guess with email matching and a third-party CRM, um, you, you, you can go beyond that 180 days, right? Yeah, exactly, and it's key. Like, Google has it at 540. Um, I'm not sure why, why Facebook has it, so um, sure. It's, it's a shame. I guess they, they, they just want us to, to spend more yeah. with them with, with that short cohort. Okay, that's that's fascinating. And then, what about um, creatives? Do you, what what do you do at the creative level? You know, um, if you're if you're working on a category by category level, um, on a category category by category um, level. So, uh, uh, to basically, we'll always perform creative analysis according to the audiences. So it's kind of like um, imagine it as as finding all the different combinations of users' personas according to according to the amount of data we see. So. It's quite a complicated uh, concept, but once you have a lot of data and you have the systems to do it, for example, with magics.com, we have creative clusters. So we developed this product exactly for this. That the first thing you need to do is get insight. So first of all, even before we go deep down into demographics, you want to know like, what's your best ad for acquisition? What's your best ad for retargeting? What's your best ad for attention? But you don't just want to know it on the creative level. You also want to know it on the ad copy. Like what's your best ad copy for retargeting and retention? And, and also it's one of the biggest challenges we've saw that it's very, very hard to have a unified reporting view 
of all of those uh, creatives because you might have a different post ID and different ads and different campaign objectives and different uh, ad copy with uh, creative and using even DCO. And then go find how much you actually spent on a specific creative or ad copy. So our system today actually unifies those things for us. It's something that smart advertisers could also do today, like manually. They just need to make sure they have the right naming structure and export the data and run the analysis and unify. So we, we took all this uh, hassle and, and we made a product that today we use. So once you understand acquisition, retargeting, retention, you can go dive, dive deeper. Okay. Uh, let's say we filter acquisition and we have it, it's fil filter um, acquisition option from the, from the filtering creative insight. And then we go, okay, let's also add demographics or the, the, the format of the ad. Is it a carousel? Is it a video? You want to measure like, okay, well, what's my best creative? What's my best uh, uh, creative format, right? Um, what's, my, what's, my, what's the best ad for these demographics? So you're first of all trying to understand like what are your best demographics, and then once you understand your best demographics, you, go, you, you look for the best ad for those demographics. So even if you have a demographic that is really bad, it doesn't mean you don't want to advertise there. You, you still want to research and see what's the best creative for this demographic so that you exactly. can. Exactly. There's, a, there's a lot of testing going on. It's, it's hard work. Exactly. Yeah, that scale. Um, finally, um, before we get into like the inner workings of magic, magic, magic and how it sort of changes everything, um, what are your thoughts on um, two things, on CBO, and what are your thoughts on dynamic um, creatives with, with Facebook, you know, at the creative level? Mm -hmm. Okay. For, for CBO, um, I feel like the, the AI or the power of Facebook is uh, still not there. In the beginning, there was some hype. It was working. We were looking at some campaigns like specific with big, broad um, audiences, a few ad sets. It was working like really good. Um, recently, I, we see that it's not very stable. So we're kind of like the accounts that we manage. We still keep away from CBO. We're still waiting for like every day and Facebook just improves. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're waiting on CBOs and we're using asset budgets wherever we can because it gives us still more control. Yeah. And we see a lot of advantages on the optimization level. And also, for example, in Magix, we have a, a, some tactics that are, yeah, there's one tactic that could not be, com like you cannot fully use in CBOs because Magix will automatic Magix automatically identifies like when you spend, I don't know, let's say you have a really good asset and a really good ROS for today, but suddenly at some point of the day, the ROS starting to drop, but it's still a good ROS. It eats up your profit, right? So yes. Magix knows exactly to find this, uh, that an asset, even though it was so good, suddenly it tracks, okay, you, let's say your cost per purchase is 50, but you already spent 70 or 80 or even $90 without a purchase. It might be that the ROS is still good, but Magix will automatically reduce the asset budget. So we don't have this treatment or we can't do much within a CBO. Of course, you can reduce the minimum of the asset and stuff, but it's still, it's still not very clear. Uh, we're still testing a lot and it's still not very clear completely like how to master CBOs and the performances are not there with CBOs. So we're kind of like, we stay away um, so, for now. Yeah. It's super, super interesting. And that is probably why um, Facebook has extended the deadline for CBO from September, right. I believe it's to January or February next year. Um, uh, so a listener, Tyler, said my glasses are reflecting. 
Um, because there's lots of lights in front of me, Tyler, so I've taken off my glasses. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's important to mention that CBO uh, is a very good concept and it will be there and I'm sure it will work great. And also today, you can utilize it in, re- in retargeting and retention. So, yes, I think for mid-funnel, it's, it's, it's really powerful. But yeah, um, yeah what, what about your, your thoughts on dynamic creatives from Facebook? Wow, these CEOs are are amazing, and I love I love using them for for specifically for testing. And anytime I have like a bigger a bigger client, like with the with the biggest clients, we always been using like DCO and even like DLO, you know, dynamic language optimization. So if you're oh, running a yes, yes, yeah. So these type of technologies they work amazing on on large audiences. So if you know your audience very well and you have good conversion rates and you have a lot of math and you're spending a lot and you have a lot of data and then this, uh, so using those technologies might give you DLO gives like 20% because it it basically lets you run the whole world in one asset. So you're getting a lot of benefits from it. Yep. Um, Is it different? Is DLO different from um, when you provide a translation to Facebook? Because, um, you know, in the creatives, tab there's a place where i've done this in the past where i put the german version um the french you know and you know blah blah um is, is yeah. dlo different where facebook actually translates it for you or um you provide no, no. dlo is when you provide them like the when facebook translates that's like the basic functionality that they just do it for the users to understand. It, it did terrifically well for for like a there was like an EU campaign we were running at one time. It did terrifically well. That's yeah. good. I've not even addressed it since. Even then. even worldwide, like if you run like app installs for I don't know for Tinder or I don't know like the biggest brand in the world, you just have yeah. like one asset. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Amazing. Okay, now um, we talked about the best practices of um, you know, Facebook media buying and Facebook, um, quite quite quickly um at the enterprise level on your experience. Now, how does Magix, your platform, change it all? Um, where, where are you, where can we sort of get the benefits? You're AI driven. And there was a, um, you mentioned something prior, which was like, um, you know, bids, where I'm getting massively great ROAS, but my CPA is higher than what I expected. That's clever. So back in the days, we used to use tools like, you know, RevealBot or um, maybe Facebook Rules. Facebook Rules is not that great, but RevealBot would, you know, sort of take your thought process and translate it over the course of um, the running of your campaign. And if you put shit in it, pardon my language, um, you get shit out, you know, basically. So um, my question is, um, with, 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 with Magix, does Magix take care of all that thought process or do media buyers have the control to sort of tweak Magix? Mm-hmm. So every day that passes, uh, Magix takes more uh, responsibilities and decision-making from the, from the Facebook advertisers. Um, of course, we don't have it uh, completely one click, uh, do it for you, everything already today. Uh, of course, that's the vision. And it's also the vision of Facebook themselves. Um, and then, yeah, and basically um, for the whole industry, that's where things are going with AI. 
Um, but I think that's one of the biggest mistakes of the other advertising technologies and also magics in the beginning. We tried kind of to, to have this end solution from the beginning, but we realized that it doesn't really uh, work completely. Like if you just try to, to have it all AI, all automated, all one click. So the technology is not there yet, but if you provide the full infrastructure, so magics today provide you the capability to, to create, um, uh, first of all, we start by classifying. So when you connect your account immediately, you can see, um, you can basically see like acquisition, retargeting and retention performances. So this is something that uh, also most of the advertisers are really struggling with and people are not uh, getting it. So there's an AI um, tech behind it. Um, it was a machine learning. We had to manually go and like teach it, like click 3000 campaigns until uh, we found all the variations that are possible with the Facebook uh, um, API campaign structures. And, and uh, now the system automatically uh, maps um, acquisition, retargeting, and retention. Um, it's a Python module. I'm, I'm not a technical person, but I asked, and uh, yeah, my CTO, Idan, uh, explained this in the past, so I can talk about it uh, briefly. And um, that's the first kind of AI element of understanding where things are. Uh, the second AI element we have is in the audience creation. So a lot of our work in the agency was analyzing pixel data, understanding um, how to create micro segments um, usually we're using ERFM, so engagement, recency, frequency, monetary value um, parameters, which is like, um, it's a concept that comes from BI for, for basically retail uh, businesses that yeah. understand it, that helps you understand your customer data and model your data. Yeah, so we found that it's not just good for existing communication, it works like a charm for lookalike creation and then also like mapping and matching the content. Um, so this is something that was a lot of manual work for us in the past. And today, um, at magics, magics could automatically, um, uh, you, for example, you can select like frequent high, I don't know, frequent platinum value customer and magics will automatically kind of find, I don't know, people that purchased five times in the last 180 days or people that search three times, purchase three times or added to cart nine times in the last 60 days. Right. It's not, it's not possible with, with pixel data with, wow, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that the human can't, uh, basically can't do because you can go and analyze the data and then you need to, every time to create the audience and then you have audience constraints, right? You need a minimum size of 100. So, so you, you have to do hundreds of audiences, wait until it's ready, see if it's big enough and then change the parameters. So the, the software does all this in the background and then just leaves only the optimized audiences and it continuously uh, optimizes them for you as the data changes. So when, when, I'm, when I'm running magics, does that mean I would be, where do I spend most of my time on magics or Facebook ads manager? Um, you would still spend most of your time in the Facebook uh, ads manager, but ideally like in general, you would like spend just, five to 10 times less time, like whatever you're doing today, you can reduce it like by five times or two X, like the, like, like the podcast name two X. So yeah. I guarantee that at least you will save two X of your time uh, on, on managing Facebook. Well, that's amazing because, um, you know, audience creation is a, is a big one. You know, it's a time waste, a big time waste. There's some platforms that have managed to crack certain things, but everything seems a bit broken now um, with, um, with, audience, with audience creation. Sometimes you get interns to, you know, sort of create all the basic, you know, um, 
you know, audiences. So are you saying with Magix, um, you guys have thoroughly um, thought through audience creation, basically. Um, yeah. And, and, and so that bit of, you know, which is huge in setup of an account is sorted. Exactly, yeah. And, and it's not just like I, I gave you the example of those AI audiences that are based on the ERSM module. Um, of course, I didn't explain everything. We also have it based on purchase data and high-intent visitors and low-intent visitors. And there's a lot of opportunities there, but this is just prospecting. We have a lot of other categories. Um, maybe I could share a screen later and show you, but uh, or, or um, I'm not sure if, if it's... Go for available, it. But go, go for it. Go for it. You yeah. have screen share, you know, capabilities. Go for it. So for those of you in the Facebook group, you'll be able to see you have screen. Go for it, please. Sure, yeah. Okay, so I'm sharing my screen now. So let me show you the we talked about audiences, right? Mm -hmm. So I really wanna put here, let me zoom in. I'll put here the focus on those. Um, okay. Yeah, you see on the left side, we have uh, acquisition, then yeah. re-engagement. So we automatically have everything ready for you for re-engagement campaigns. Those are people that kind of, it's still acquisition. So an acquisition campaign, we automatically exclude website visitors last 30 days and purchasers 180 days. Okay, so we just want to make sure that we're like acquire, like purely acquiring new customers. New customers, okay. Yeah, so you see the type of audiences you're like ads engagers, video viewers, social media engagers, leads, um, and you have a lot of uh, audience creation opportunities here around those. Yeah. Um, then you have prospecting. So we have here the AI audiences. Um, we Are these like, called audiences? Yeah, those, those, this is kind of like an audience menu. And okay. now we released mass creation. So you could potentially also like... Um, on my computer, so I'm kind of, yeah. Okay, you see, uh, you can also uh, select all of them in one shot. So theoretically, you can launch a full strategy, uh, something that uh, an Elite ad agency would have done for you with all the audiences, all the best audiences, everything in, in one click, basically. You're selecting your all the audiences um, from from re-engagement to prospecting, uh, AI audiences. There's also category uh, specific ones where you can, uh, it, it takes, we also use your catalog data. So catalog is also a huge thing for dynamic stuff and, and like collecting data. Also the product affinities. Uh, this also comes from the catalog. We have like special audiences, um, social media fans, video viewers, leads, device personas like iOS and Android with high intent, um, niche lookalike, uh, then retargeting. Okay. So, you know, and retargeting, you might have like multiple visits, uh, people that spend a lot of time on your website. Also here, like niche specific retargeting from URLs and retention. Time ages, time, time. Okay. What about cold audiences? Yeah. So let me give an example of an audience that every, every single one of, uh, of the audience would want to create like right away. That will give you an amazing ROAS and return on your time by just watching and tuning into this podcast. Um, let me find it. So I'm going to write your top, top seed audience to look like from. Okay. Mm. You see, I can, I can select multiple audiences at the same time. Yep. Uh, I'll show you. In this case, I'm selecting multiples. I'm going to click here next. Anyway, you can see it automatically maps it into the campaign. So this is like a prospecting campaign. This is retargeting campaign. If I would select all the audiences, it will propose four campaigns. And that's usually how we always build the campaign structure. We always have 
a campaign for prospecting, acquisition prospecting, acquisition remarketing. Yeah. Then, then we have retargeting and retention. So it automatically kind of like suggests those. You can so, decide if it's going to be a CBO or not. Okay. So does acquisition prospecting, is it is it like a top of funnel? Um, you know, um, okay. Top of funnel. But the top of funnel is split into two. We have top of funnel for uh, prospecting, like completely cold that don't know you, many do lookalikes. And yeah. then we have people that already kind of saw your video, engage with your page, you know, this type of guys, but they haven't visited your website yet. Got it. People who haven't visited your website, um, are these are these all based on lookalikes or do you also test, um, you know, just interest and, and demographics? Uh, we, we don't support uh, interest targeting in our platform yet because we found that like interest targeting is, um, we see that it's mainly for people that are like starting out. We also use it. We also love to use it uh, like with competitors and this type of thing. So we see like even on, on big spender accounts, we'll always like have at least like something like 10% of the budget on interest. Yes. Then around like 60% on lookalike and then another like 20% on retargeting and 10% on retention. Of course, the numbers vary from business to business and it depends on how much traffic you're getting from other channels. And But that's kind of the stuff we see. Interest is as for now not supported, but we also have a plan for, for adding this. Uh, but we see that it's not, it's like kind of not really mandatory to uh, to use in order to take off an account because the, just the lookalikes and the Facebook optimization works really good for big spenders. So the bigger you are, the, the less you depend on interest. Exactly. It makes, makes a lot, makes a ton of sense. Okie dokie. Um, yeah. So, um, so can I, Kuhn, can I just show the, you're the audience? It. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay. Okay. In this case, okay. The first stage is to select the creative. Okay. I want like a, I want, um, I just want to move to the next stage to show the power of this audience. So top seed audience to look like from. Um, so you see here you have like settings. So you can, it automatically maps all of your audiences, you see, by performance. And then you can basically say, I want to, I want to use this audience because it has 26 ROS and this one and this one and this one and this one. Basically select like, I don't know, your top five uh, audiences or top 10, okay? Then you give it like 1% and you can select your country. Also here, the country is sorted by the best draw. So it's very easy to find like where you want to target. You can also do multiple countries at the same time, but the power of this audience, it's like, it's, a, it's kind of like a blended lookalike. It will yes. take 1%, 1% lookalike from each one of those separately and put all of them into one asset. So apparently you're getting like an audience size of like two or 3% in size, but it's all built of a lot of audiences of 1% with different angles of your site based on your best, best audiences. So this is a killer almost in every account. I see, I see this, this is an audience that really like uh, crushes it. Top seed audiences from lookalikes. Amazing. Amazing. So from your CLV list, your custom L, um, LTV list, customer list, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. All purchases, purchases in the last 180 days. How'd you get the um, purchases in the last 365 days? Is That's for your CRM, right? Like if it was your Shopify or... In this case, yeah, I think it was from Marsis, yeah, from the, from the CRM, yeah. But Magix automatically identifies like the best audiences, so you don't need to think much. It's like really built just for like, hey, click a few buttons here, a few buttons here, a few buttons here, and, there, and then you have like the best like stuff and, and like ready and your strategy. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, um, so back to our conversation. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, finally, um, you know, beyond the audience creation, um, where else does, does magic assist? Can you sort of set up creatives in, in, in magic or, you know, um, what, what happens? Um, yeah. So besides the audience creation, we also have like a, within the audience creation products, we have capabilities I didn't show you, but you can keep, just click duplicate and yeah. then change, change a metric, like 1% duplicate and 2% duplicate, 3%. So even this blended audience could run, like you can duplicate three times and like have it on different angles, which is highly recommended to do and test. And you can always like, look what were your best audiences, then go back and apply those, uh, permutations. Um, that's one thing though, the, 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 the state testing framework. In regards to creative, we kind of pull automatically pull and store the best creatives from your ad account according to ROS, the significant spend or CTR or whatever it is. Exactly. And also we have a creative clusters product, um, which is basically a product that, uh, what I told you before, that it analyzes all of your uh, performance. It unifies the creative. Then it, uh, it analyzes, it brings all the performance data together and you can have an insight that shows you all of your creatives like sorted and you just hover over and it tells you this creative you spent on it like 30% of your spend and it got you 50% of the revenue. And then you're like, wow, I'm actually underspending on this one or someone that you're overspending and you can find like the best combination. So it would help you like within a few clicks, you can, you can just select the best creative combination. Some of them are existing ads. And then you can launch it into it will if it's an existing ad, it will also show you uh, how many assets it's not uh, it, the creative combination does not exist in. So you'd be able to launch it uh, into all of those assets or all the accounts or just the, the just the assets that are missing this creative combination. And it will also keep the post ID. So that's for existing assets. Plus, it has the capability to create new ads. So maybe your best creative is not running with your best ad copy. It's just running with your third best. So it's kind of like DCO the other way around. If you, I think that's the way that like advanced advertisers will understand what I mean uh, yeah. with DCO the other way around. Yeah. Okie yeah. dokie. Um, before we round up, um, what what final tips do you want to, to give listeners? You know, a lot of people have tuned in to you know, kind of figure out, um, you know, to get tips from you, you know, at the enterprise level, um, what, what, what takeaways, what key takeaways would you, would you give them? Does your audience main, uh, run uh, with a lot of different niches? Like the, some people are running like multiple products or doing drop shipping. Also those uh, no, my, my, we try and sway away from drop shipping. Um, they're either they're single brand focused or they have, you know, um, a group of products that they're, they're e-com brands, Rather right. than um, you know, fly by night dropshippers. Sorry to say, dropshippers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, first of all, I see some uh, some uh, ecom brands that are splitting ad accounts. So this is something you should never do. And so never have. Even if you have like different regions, and uh, try to keep everything in one ad account because you'll just. In Facebook, you pay, you pay a lot to buy the data and basically buy the scale and buy the success. So you don't want to split it into three types because the learning will be uh, much faster within one ad account as long as you're selling on the same niche. So that's a big kind of like macro strategy thing. And then the next thing is to understand the core audiences like acquisition, retargeting, retention uh, and the performances you have with them and not just to, and, and also to apply exclusion so that you really know 
that acquisition Roth is pure new business. Because what happens, I see almost everyone doesn't apply ex- exclusions of existing customers. And it's not just the website data, it's also your CRM data. Take all the purchases, exclude them. And then you can really be sure that acquisition uh, brings new business. Because what happens is that Facebook runs first after people they think are going to buy. And of course, your customers and people that visited your website are the first one they're going to run after. So if you don't exclude from acquisition, you'll just convert on retargeting and retention. And then it doesn't even make sense to split, just run one. <laughs> At the end of the day, you don't, you don't really see the bottom line. You know, Facebook will tell you, you have this Motorola, which looks good on Facebook, you know, ads manager. But when you look at your, your total, it's normal, you know, sales coming through. Question I have is with Magix and CRM, you know, what integrations with CRMs do you, do you deeply integrate with? Because it's quite difficult always trying to track your last 30 days of sales or your last 90 days of sales if you're trying to acquire just new customers. So how do you, um, you know, what, what CRM platforms do you, do you target? Do you, do you integrate with quite well? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so also the agency and at Magix, uh, we applied it as well. We, we applied a, a method that we developed in the agency that actually does not require, um, that does not require us nor the advertiser to rely on other platforms from attribution. So of course, if you're a big brand, you want to have a centralized place that tracks everything, but just, uh, and you're able to allocate the budget properly, but we found a, a, a method which is based on this ARR method, acquisition, retargeting, retention, smart exclusion, that there is no question. So if you know, if you know, let's even not talk about lifetime value. Let's, that's a whole different thing. Like, okay, figure out your lifetime value and then like optimize your cost per acquisition for that. It's also something everyone should do. But even on the, on the lowest level, if, if you know that your profit margin, I don't know, is like 50% and you have a two Ross and above on cold, on cold prospecting traffic, you should scale the hell out of it. And and I see advertisers that are, are not doing it. And a lot of people are not doing it. And it's it sounds basic, but it's not because people are really getting their numbers wrong. And by applying this method, you can make sure that you're spending. Uh, you, you, we, we actually, in our agency, we scaled um, a lot of brands within a few days just by making this method. And realizing that actually the performance was much better and the measurement process was not right. So as an ad agency and as a, as a Facebook marketing uh, platform, we don't want to rely on other channels. Um, uh, also the biggest players in the world like Salesforce and that they acquired Datorama, they also didn't figure it out yet. So nobody like completely figured out a complete attribution across all the channels and touch points. That's why we really want to rely on a method that we know that no matter what, we're profitable on the Facebook channel alone, alone, as, a, as an island, as a silo. And by doing, and also by, and, and that's why we also uh, developed the expanded ARR method where we split retargeting traffic um, into two pieces. We have a retargeting of the Facebook acquisition. So we were putting UTM tags on acquisition campaign, calling it acquisition and then retargeting uh, uh, the UTM uh, acquisition. Uh, and then we basically had retargeting acquisition plus acquisition campaigns. What is this? What is the ROS of this business unit? And now we know, okay, this is profitable. We scale as long as it's above two ROS, we, we have unlimited budgets to spend. And we also don't want to work like at the agency. We didn't want to work with customers that don't understand this equation. And Facebook is a people-based marketing platform. So if you really apply 
if you really apply those exclusions with CRM data and the website data and everything, you are like 100% sure that you're uh, that you're just growing in profit and it's not going to over or double attribute. Double attribution with Google and Facebook and all this happens when you don't sort the data in the right play, uh, the right way from the very beginning. Right. You're right. So, do do you so what what platforms do you integrate with? Um, uh, you know, you, so would you integrate with yeah. Shopify? Do you integrate with Salesforce just to get that you know um, CRM sales data and exclude it in your audiences? Yeah. So uh, as of today, we don't integrate uh, into uh, any platform because we developed a solution that uh, solely relies on uh, the Facebook uh, assets, so the ad account data, the pixel data, catalogs, all those things. Um. And we're able to identify the email-based. Uh, so if you created some CRM stuff from your Shopify or from your, I don't know, Salesforce, whatever it is, we're able to identify those audiences and those things and to classify them in the right way. And we work in synergy with those platforms. But it's very likely that in the future, we'll also uh, find a way to integrate with, uh, with more of those platforms. We just see that for now, it's like not something that we, it was just not our top priority as of yet because we're still working on a, a complete like um, yeah custom rules uh, solution on top of our tactics um, as well as bit testing solution uh, as well as creative insights and we're going uh, we're doubling down on creative technologies as well um, and and like creative insights how's, how's that going to sit with like dynamic creatives you know going forward where facebook wants to control the automation of um, of ads Mm-hmm. So we see that Facebook uh, so far, they, they, they do a lot of uh, innovation. Uh, but at the end of the day, all of this innovation on all of those tools are still kind of like a, a platform or a toolbox. So it still doesn't uh, provide solutions. So we know to use those tools and those solutions, those, this infrastructure to create solutions on top. Uh, so for example, Facebook with the, does not yet uh, know to filter some specific persona and tell you that's the best creative for him. Let's, let's create another ad set and push, you know, the, the, these type of things that agency usually does for you and analyzes the data and, and human work that is involved. And that's the direction, direction we're going into. And even understanding like how do creatives uh, do over time uh, to, uh, to identify ad fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have a question, you know, um, from the Facebook API, um, are you able to extract ad IDs from dynamic creatives or are they just lumped into a single ad ID? So in essence, let's so, say you load like um, five images, five headlines and, you know, four descriptions and three ad copies to a dynamic creative setup. Um, obviously, you know, the, with the permutations and combinations, all of that, you've churned out, you know, well over 50 different ads. But Facebook is clever enough to sort of serve um, the ads based off, well, test all the permutations and combinations and then serve, you know, um, the ad, the best combination that would meet your objective for that, you know, um, ad set or campaign. Um, so as an advertiser, third-party advertiser, technology-driven advertiser, are you able to sort of say, okay, because we know that combination is working, um, does Facebook actually create an ID, an ad ID for, for you know, every single combination and um, permutation in, in its dynamic creatives we could use in, say, magics and, um, and test, you know, similar audiences? Yeah, so... Uh, 
basically once you run a DCO, uh, Magic System is able to uh, pull all of the creative and ad copies that you're using okay. and unify it together with other ads that are using the same creative or ad copy. So if you are running like both DCO and non-DCO, which by the way, I would say it's even a best practice because you want to test like both of those and see what works better for you, then you still would be able to have like a clear view of what, like which creative works the best at the end on the creative level. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then creative clusters helps you like launch more ads. So if it's a DCO, like we, we do not yet use like other ad account information to launch a DCO ad, but we can launch, like if, if you have like some, even if you realize that there's, we found the best uh, ad copy and the best creative, then Magix will be able to create a, a conversion ad using those, this best ad copy and ad creative. Awesome. Um, does this answer the question? Yeah, it does. It does. Which, which is, I mean, you know, the, you know, ads manager is very limited in what it can serve you. So it's, it's really interesting that Magix can, can do that for you. Um, that would be, you know, one reason why I'd want to use Magix. Okay, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. I can't, um, you know, um, thank you enough. I've learned a ton. Um, I have come out wiser. Um, so for people who want to follow you going forward, I know you're a member of the group already and people are going to ask you questions directly. Um, what's the best way to, to follow you and the Magix, you know, platform? Uh, you have Hartman, like my first name, last name on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and then Magix. So Magix on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. M-A-D-G-I-C-X dot com. Many, many thanks. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap this one out. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Kunle. Cheers. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X E-Commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.